This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Politics without the soap opera. With unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and all that matters. We are here to stay focused as the only independent conservative news and view show here at CR Podcast. Daniel Horowitz. Unfortunately, the end of the week already, March 3rd. It is Friday, and we have too much left on the docket. And I have too little of a voice. With this cold, I just can't kick, so just bear with me today. I want you to think about what we were talking about yesterday with a government that now steals your body, creates viruses and poisons you, steals your land, steals your food, steals your energy, and now is trying to steal your currency too. Be honest. In your worst nightmares following 9-11, you know, I came of age around the time that people my age signed up for the military because because of 9-11 really influenced our lives. Could you have imagined, let, let's say, you know, the, the nightmare was one day Al-Qaeda or Islamists would raise a flag over the White House. Could you have imagined, imagined that outcome to be this bad? <laughs> Think about that. That's what we're up against. So what are we going to do about it? And what I'm finding is you have all these CPAC teeny boppers, oh, these panels and everything. It's all about talking points. We have civilization battles affecting our right to breathe freely. The left is on the playing field in all 3,000 counties, all 50 states. And we're on the field nowhere. We only have one governor that's keeping watch in one state over important issues. Everywhere else, we have nothing. We're gradually, gradually building this movement. And I want to continue this discussion from yesterday with the whole cryptocurrency thing that they want to ban cryptocurrency, grease the skids for central bank digital currency, and how that battle is really emblematic of the fact that the left is everywhere. They're operating everywhere. They're thinking of everything and we don't have a serious movement yet in place, although we are building it, thanks to you guys. Uh, first, our sponsor today, uh, as we take our politics in our hands away from this legacy phony Republican Party, we have to take our own health in our hands as well. Um, a lot of people are damaged. They have damaged immune system, damaged DNA, literally, from the the shots. There's an interesting product out from... Youth Switch. Youth, it's called youthswitchmd.com slash conservative. You go there, you're going to find a very interesting product. Youth Switch is an all-natural, doctor-approved, manufactured right here in America, potent blend of adaptogens that promote healthier telomeres. It's a part of your chromosomes, your DNA, that shrink over time, and it's responsible for aging. It's responsible for immune suppression which was uh, telomeres being depleted was a huge, huge factor 
in COVID outcomes as well. And not surprisingly, it's going to be related to the spike protein. So this boosts your energy by extending those telomeres um, and could literally rejuvenate your, your organ systems, your body. So if you go today to useswitchmd.com slash conservative, not only could you buy your USwitch, okay, and you could try it, by the way, risk-free today, but you receive a free bottle of Ageless Brain, a great product to help you improve focus, memory, and mood, plus four bonus eBooks to boost every aspect of your health and longevity to think outside the box, outside of the healthcare cartel. That's youthswitchmd.com slash conservative to order your youth switch today with all of those bonus gifts. So again, I just want to reiterate that we have, an, we have a massive movement in place to create talking points and generate memes and butt the Democrats and butt butt Joe Biden and Trump, 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 Trump. Trump is amazing. I just saw Jim Jordan out and he says, I'm 100% backing Trump, which doesn't surprise me because his tenure in Congress has become all about that, not about any items. He really really denuded our ability to create a good church commission that was going to be independent of him. Instead, he now chairs it. Notice we, we haven't done anything meaningful we're already on the third month of GOP control. What have they done? They were away for two and a half weeks, and I expected this week they'd come back, I'd be busy covering Congress. Instead, we covered the legislatures. There's like nothing going on there. But, but that's what it is. They're fine with that. They're fine swimming in the waters with the talking points. So even when they finally direct their attention to the right issue... It's never with the proper specific rallying cry of what needs to be done specifically. Oh, it's terrible what's going on. Oh, look at Wuhan. Okay, but they just freaking approved the RSV shots. They just created ICD-10 codes to to, to track us. They just put it on the child immunization schedule. Where is the promise to block this at a federal or state level? Nothing. 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 With Ohio, every Republican's now, yeah, Biden you know, spends time on illegals or Ukraine, but not on the people of East Palestine. Okay, that's, that, that, that's a valid talking point. But then what are you going to do about it? So they introduced this whole bill on rail safety, which is just big government, big union stuff that's actually going to make it worse. We might talk about that a little bit more on Monday. But the here and now is, dude, these people are suffering right now. You got to pay to move them out while you clean up. Still not being done. So we can go on forever after we kind of agree that something needs to happen, but it never happens because there's no focus on the specific playing field. You have, you have a, you know, you know, if politics, policy, and law is kind of like a football field and the field, the, 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 the grass itself. And you have a team on the field running the ball down that field. And we have a bunch of cheerleaders jousting with their cheerleaders. And our fans having fistfights with their fans in the stands. Because they have clowns like we have clowns. Except the difference is we exclusively have clowns. They have serious people on that playing field. And I think that's a good segue into yesterday we, we broke big news um, you know, Glenn Beck has been covering this. I've been covering this. Not many other people have been focused on this. But this bill in South Dakota, and now we realize the cancer is in 21 other states, and a lot of other states are just a step behind. 
Uh, South Dakota is the only state where this passed in both uh, houses. But basically, this bill we talked about with the executive director of the Freedom Caucus yesterday that will grease the skids for the Uniform Commercial Code <clears throat> that the states try to uniformly abide by definitions of money, they're redefining money to make sure it does include digital currency, but only the central one adopted by the government and would preclude any inclusion of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin into that thing, which it, this is literally their modus operandi. It's not by accident. They have to get rid of early treatments in order to promote the genocidal therapeutics and the vaccines. They have to get rid of fossil fuels, or as we should call them, natural fuels, to create their green energy uh, dystopia. So they have to clear out all decentralized currency in order to have a centralized digital currency. And it's unmistakable. It's there in plain language. It sailed through both houses of the South Dakota legislature. And where, where, where is this? I'm forgetting the bill number here, but we have an article out on it. And this is coming from the Uniform Law Commission, very well respected. And they carefully seeded this provision into bills that range 100 to 200 pages long in all of these legislatures. And everyone's like, oh, this is the updated code. Okay, let's just vote for it. I mean, this genuinely was a situation where most members of the Republican legislatures didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't know this provision was there. And they quietly slipped it in. It's HB 1193, Section 124. And that's where they basically preclude any Bitcoin, which in itself is a problem, but what it's clearly designed to do is to prep the playing field for the central bank digital currency. And, you know, I could tell you Christy Nome would have signed it into law, no doubt. But because of Glenn's voice, she's now well aware of it and is contemplating, at least contemplating, vetoing it. They're throwing up things, well, we'll have till the end of March because it hasn't been put on the desk yet. And, you know... I'd have to veto the whole bill. I don't have a line item veto. We know that. But if you announced right now before the session ends that this provision is unacceptable, so I'll have to veto it, send me a, a clean UCC updated amendments without that one provision, they'd, they'd pass it. So I like stop with the stupid excuses. But what it does demonstrate, and, and kudos to Glenn for doing this, and Glenn has really taken an interest in this. He's had me on uh, yesterday to cover Wyoming, we talked about Wyoming or two days ago. And this is where it's at. If you got the top 20 voices in conservative media to dog these legislative sessions and these governors, and then eventually really the primaries in, for governor, you would, you would have DeSantis in half of America. That's a different America in, in so many ways. You couldn't even imagine the difference. Instead, it's all about the soap opera all the time. So we get nothing. In red states, they're in all 3,000 counties, every state. This is what they do. They, they, they send their you know, very respected, the Uniform uh, uh, you know, Commerce Commission, the, the Uniform Law Commission. Man, we are, yeah, very well respected. And they quietly seed this into a 100-page bill 
that no one reads in a legislature. That's how they get it done. And then it blows up on us later, and then we're, we wonder how it happens. There has never been a time when we accidentally got in a good provision somewhere that the left didn't notice. They might have been defeated because, you know, we had more votes than them, but it's not because they didn't flag it. They have a real movement in place. We have CPAC. We have teeny boppers. We have cheerleaders. We don't have serious people trying to change civilization. So that was the lesson I learned, one of the many lessons from that battle. And now this thing, this cancer is growing in um, so many states. So this thing has already passed in, uh, it could be more, but from what I can see, the Kentucky Senate, the Montana Senate, the Indiana Senate, and the North Dakota House. And they have a version of the bill in Arizona, California, Colorado, D.C., Hawaii, Indiana, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Dakota, of course, and then Tennessee, Washington, West Virginia. So if you're in any of those states, make sure your legislators are aware of it. It's my top article at The Blaze. If you just Google my name in The Blaze, you'll see it's the top column. You click on my name in chronological order. So I have all the details where the ULC folks themselves admit that it's designed under current code. Bitcoin could be included in money. And under the amended, the proposed amendment, it will, um, it could never be included. And again, it's very clear what they are. I'm just going to, so, so what the, the ULC um, emailed Glenn Beck's staff and they were like, we ain't didn't do nothing. This thing does nothing. It's just, it's a nothing. That's what they always do. They privately lobby like hell for something, and they're very assiduous about it. And then when we try to bring that out, what they openly say privately to the public, they're like, no, it's nothing. It literally doesn't change anything. So then why are you pushing it? But the reality is Steve Weiss, Stephen Weiss of the ULC, he gave a PowerPoint um, presentation, and I have a screenshots of that PowerPoint in my article exactly what this thing is designed to do and he is abundantly clear that because el salvador and the central african republic adopted bitcoin they specifically wanted to preclude that bitcoin will not be money central bank digital currency could be money The revisions to Article 1 are very clear now that Bitcoin will not be money because even though the definition provides for electronic money, it says that an asset that is adopted by a government as its medium of exchange will not qualify as money if the electronic asset such as Bitcoin existed before it was adopted by the government. So Bitcoin, of course, exists today. It existed before El Salvador adopted it as currency. So it will never be money for UCC purposes the same for other kinds of cryptocurrencies. So he says it openly. He explains that provision. They're like, no, it ain't didn't do nothing. Liar. So this is a major, major action item to get involved with this. Um, so make sure you do that. Now, speaking of hands-on, same thing. We're all pro-gun, pro-gun. And I'm, not, I'm really not trying to talk down to any of you because I, I was in the same boat. Oh, we love our guns. Okay, do you carry? Oh, yeah, I carry. Okay, do you know how to properly draw from the holster and win a gunfight? Oh, okay, very few people. A lot of people are good, to be fair, with rifle and shotgun, but with handgun, and that's really what you're going to deal with on the street with the BLM Antifa punks these days and all the criminals let go. Um, do you know how to win a gunfight? 
so what if I told you you have a chance to meet me, meet all the patriots in this audience who come, go out with Patriot Academy in Fredericksburg, Texas, to their new facility, and have a five-day defensive handgun course where you learn how to properly shoot, draw, win a defensive situation, clear malfunctions, five-day course, $2,500 value for $500 to register today at patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. I just made my uh, uh, plane ticket for April 23rd to San Antonio. I'm going to be headed down there and then drive up to Fredericksburg, uh, which is about, a, about an hour away, and I am pumped. I, I, I won't be there all five days. I'll be there four days, but uh, we'll be able to strategize together uh, help find team leaders for some of our states, and again, learn how to be prepared when your calling of duty comes. You have that guy walk into a church who's crazy. You're carrying, could I sweep my my uh, jacket? You know, I go to services, obviously, formally. We always wear suit jackets, but, you know, whatever you're wearing, sweep it, have the proper five-point draw, and with one, within a second and a half, Get your get your shots two to the chest or one to the head if necessary, and uh, and get them down. That is what you will learn. You will come out a pro from this course. They break in your confidence. It's truly truly amazing. So um, starts April twenty third. There's many more courses now because they're not reliant on third third party vendors. This is their own instructors now and their own facility. So they're going to have these courses regularly. If you can't make it, sign up later. But if you want to meet me, I will be at the April 23rd uh, venue at patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. And, and again, if you have questions just about the logistics and you know what to bring, what it's about, the schedule, defense, defense at patriotacademy.com. It will go to one of Rick Green's sons, and they'll they'll take care of you. So, folks, another important lesson here is, you know, all these people, they they try to downplay all this stuff. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But how many things came back to bite us years later because we didn't focus on it at the time it mattered? And the other point here also is whenever they push something bad, they always try to minimize. Well, it doesn't quite quite do. It doesn't create a central bank currency. We know that. We're not saying it directly does it. We're saying there is an effort to do that, and this will work towards the direction of facilitating. Aside from the fact that you shouldn't be banning cryptocurrency as money anyway, we want that as a decentralized option. But why are we talking about how little or how much a bad provision is? In a red legislature, you shouldn't be passing any bad provision. We should affirmatively be passing good provisions. Meaning, oh, Daniel, no, no, it won't create a, a, a CBPC. Okay, but it actually facilitates it. So if you really agree with us, hey, Christy Nome, why don't you pass a bill preemptively banning it. Why do we always have to wait until it's too freaking late? I hate that. That, that. that was the lesson of COVID. That they had these powers looming over us. We never did anything about it. And now we still won't do anything about it. It's like, what else needs to happen? So when you have 
an effort. This is not some sort of conspiracy. They're literally working towards it. Head it off. Like we're trying to do with mRNA or mRNA in the cattle, self-spreading vaccines. You have to get ahead of the next thing they're talking about. Don't respond to it. So if you really do oppose it, pass a bill saying that the state of South Dakota or wherever will not accept any central bank digital currency. That is a non-starter. Non-starter. But instead, we don't have that. Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a governor. I don't introduce legislation. Actually, you know, they in- introduced legislation to lock down South Dakota on behalf of Christy Nome. So you could do that now. And that's another thing. I'm sick of these governors playing like, oh, I didn't do nothing. What, you know, put something on my desk. Give me a break. You're the leader of the state party that's in control of the chamber there. The governor looms larger over the legislature when, when their party's in power um, more than the president does over Congress. Like, give me a break. If When you want something, you get it. Pro tip, folks. If you're engaged in a civilization battle in the legislature versus the rhino leadership committee chairman or whatever, and the governor is silent, pro tip, they're not just neutral. They're on the other side. And that's why, and the only reason they're just quiet is because they don't want to blatantly buck the conservative base. So they'll, uh, you know, just play it both ways. But I'm, I'm sick of these people. Why is there only one governor leading? And, and speaking of this, speaking of this, focusing on the issues that matter. Again, following up on the other big issue we talked about yesterday. It's not just that, you know, it, it, next to COVID fascism and biomedical tyranny, what would be the next biggest issue? You could debate it, but definitely in, on your list is going to be energy. Right? They, they, I mean, they are literally boxing out our electricity our fuel, our products, automobiles, everything. First making it prohibitively expensive and then eventually scarce. It's already scarce in a lot of things. And we're done. We are done. You have no liberty. See, you won't even need a formal statutory lockdown. You'll be locked down anyway because you, you won't have a, you'll have a blackout. Just like crushing early treatment was the key to COVID, crushing real energy and creating fake energy is the key to that. Yet not only are the red state governors promoting it, they're the leaders more than the blue state governors. And and what's worse is they're grabbing people's land through eminent domain to put up the stupid wind farms and solar and carbon capture. So yesterday... There was a, an important vote in the Wyoming House. There's a bill, very modest bill, HB 106. All it did <clears throat> was reinstating a law that expired like seven years ago that a foreign-owned independent power producer, so it's not a public utility, it's private and it's foreign-owned. So it's targeting something very specific, cannot utilize eminent domain to build a wind farm. To build transmission lines in support of their wind farms on people's uh, yards. I mean, this is what's killing. Again, like we talked about yesterday, not only doesn't it work, 
not only is it expensive, not only are we sucking money into that rather than what does work, it is, it's, it's actually horrible for the environment and it's just an eyesore. It's terrible what they're doing to rural America now. This is red state America. But this wasn't even banning all, like I want to ban all eminent domain for all green energy. This was independent companies that are foreign owned. And it used to be a law anyway in Wyoming. Mark Gordon, the progressive AIWEF bot, dirtbag governor, vetoes it. And they tried to override it past 3824, but didn't pass because you need two thirds. So they came up just short. But, you know, that's a lot more than we ever would have gotten before. So he traded proper, private property rights for federally subsidized wind garbage owned by a foreign company. That, my friends, is a Republican governor for you. But it's all because we don't focus on the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. We have CPAC. We have Jim Jordan cheerleading things with a talk, Fox News talking point machines. And that's what this whole Trump effort has just become. It's just all a, a click, a game. They just swapped out old establishment Republican politics just for the one man. And by the way, I, I want to play for you an, a very, very important clip. Very important clip of DeSantis here. Um, truly important. He's on with Brian Kilmeade promoting his book. And a lot of people listen to this clip because they asked him about Trump and he, you know, what do you, what do you think about Trump attacking you? So, you know, that always gets a lot of clicks. But what was more important, I'm going to play the first part of that, the first minute or so, when he talks about his vision for president, without saying he's running for president, but of course, I mean, clearly seems to be running. Take a listen right here. Am I wrong to assume that there's an the excellent chance you're running for president? So what I would say is we've got a lot of support. A lot of people want us to do it. Um, I've got business to attend to. This book is part of that. Uh, my legislative session is part of that. Uh, so we get on the end of that in a couple months. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to see uh, see where it goes. But I do think it's not all just about who ends up running for president. That's, that's important because I think nationally we need a change in direction. Uh, but I think our individual states do have the capacity to drive the national agenda. You know, Florida drove the national agenda on so many things, on having kids in school during COVID, on opposing the, the, the employer vax mandates and things like that. Education, we've led the way. Uh, I like to see a competition amongst all the, all the red states about, you know, who can kind of outdo each other. So right. I do think it's a blueprint for other states. I do think it can be applied nationally, but it's less about me than about, I think, the underlying principles uh, that we need to restore mm -hmm. our country. So, folks, did you hear that? He could have said, oh, it's all about federal, federal. Even though we know he's running for president, he literally said, you know, this is, you don't have to wait for the feds for president. Why are the other red states not doing all of this right now? Right now. Every state could ban the biomedical tyranny right now. Every state could ban green energy scam right now. Every state could ban central bank digital currency right now. Every issue you care about, every state could ban illegal immigration and Benny's for them and have mandatory e-verify like he's doing in Florida 
right now. Every state could get tough on crime rather than just complaining about it and then passing more criminal justice deform right now. But yet, yet it doesn't change. And, and this is really where the rubber meets the road. The reason why I've obsessed over this the past year is because this is the control group on the whole theory of but the Democrats. Because in these states, you don't have but the Democrats. In Wyoming, 93% of people are registered Republican. More than the percentage that are registered Democrat in Massachusetts. But it may as well be Massachusetts. Because we have no serious people focused on what actually matters with a very specific rallying cry. Notice how every column of mine that I write, it ends off with a rallying cry. Okay, that's nice. You, you proved your point. Democrats are hypocritical. So what should we do about it? What are you going to do about it? And, and, and that's where you have this lack, fundamental lack of seriousness on the part of this entire movement. But again, I was very impressed by that, that this is a man, he could say, oh, it's all about me. He's like, look, you know, forget about the president. Why aren't we doing this right now? You do that right now? If you have 25 Floridas, and what I mean by 25 Floridas is Florida itself would be 10 times better because then it's a synergistic race to the top. Like he was saying, you compete with each other. I don't even care who becomes president. We have a different country. One of two things would happen. Either that would serve as such a check and balance on the left because then the blue state people would finally rebel. The citizens would be like, wait a minute, why can't we be like that? Or it would kind of lead to a national divorce. And either one I'm fine with. I'm not fine with the status quo. So that, that is a huge maturity. Every time you, if you read his book or you listen to the man talk, he sounds like me. There's a deep understanding of not just the founders in the abstract. We all know his time in Yale. He memorized the Federalist Papers. We get that. But what's more important is that he understands how to apply it in the world we live in. Which is what's so important. Why can't we have that? Nowhere else. All these governors are just idiots. Everywhere you turn. No vision. No vision on healthcare freedom. They all love welfare. They all love, you know, you know, North Carolina, you have a Democrat governor, but Republicans have massive majorities in the legislature. I forget which one. One, they have a supermajority. One, they're literally one vote short of a supermajority. So they can almost govern from the legislature. And they just cut a deal with the governor to expand Medicaid. So now there's only 10 states left after that that don't have Medicaid expansion. That Greece is the healthcare cartel like anything. But Trump appears to have made it his strategy to run on the Medicaid. That were suddenly for big government. Don't get me wrong. I'm not for focusing. And I, I wrote several articles and did several shows on this. We shouldn't be talking about Social Security and Medicare. Well, Medicaid's a little different. Um Based on the battles that we're confronted with, it's just not worth the, the value add with the politics of it. But we shouldn't be championing outright big government that increases the cartel. That's a whole nother, another issue going on, um, you know, with this pseudo-populism. I'm all for—populism is not an ideology. It's not a goal. 
it's a tactic. You, you, you tap into popular sentiment against, oh, I'm for the little guy. But, you know, you, you can't just go come full circle and be like Bernie Sanders. Like, I'm inherently for just handing out money or a regulatory structure. Like, no, it's not. Meaning just because we're moving away from the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, used to be Republican dogma was corporations are great. And now we're like, no, they're bad. But why are they bad? Because they're in bed with government. So the answer is not to empower government more to fight the corporations because they don't. They'll just further cement the monopolies of the corporations they're in bed with. That's not the answer. The answer is to protect individual liberty. So I have no problem, like I said, saying that a, a corporation cannot violate your breathing and, and you know create a mass mandate, censor you. I have no problem with that. But um, what I am against is this creating a regulatory structure to grow government that, you know, like this whole rail safety bill that J.D. Vance and Josh Hawley and Marco Rubio, and I, I appreciate some of what Josh Hawley says, but they're, they're taking this populism to a new level that's just coming full circle of basically being the New Deal Democrats minus the modern Democrat, you know, wokeness. But, you know, that doesn't work out either. So look, I mean that that's going to probably come as as a somewhat of a debate in the primary between DeSantis and Trump and and that's fine, it's an important debate to have, more substantive than than this just stupidity. But um you know, one one of the things you're going to find is they're they're going to try to say like, "Oh, because at some point you ever voted for some form of entitlement reform, you're like Paul Ryan. That's this new weirdness. And it's like, dude, I lived those years of Paul Ryan's speakership. Paul Ryan is not a fiscal conservative. It's not just that he's a social liberal. He he forged the Murray, the Ryan Murray deal, which which reversed the one spending cuts we ever secured from the Tea Party era. It's that he's a fraud. It's not that he's, oh, he's a fiscal conservative and we need to be fiscal liberals or populists or whatever. No, he was a fraud. And Trump supported him. Do you know that basically the fight of that era, 2017, 2018, DeSantis co-founded the Freedom Caucus to fight Paul Ryan's budget deals that Trump whipped in support of and every budget bill he supported throughout his presidency, garnered more Democrat than Republican support in the House. Ironically, it was the Paul Ryans and the Democrats against the DeSantis and Masseys that supported his budgets that blew the roof off the budget of the very weaponized agencies that are now crushing us. Blew out their budgets from Obama-level eras. It's so bizarre. Are, are we supposed to forget that? And here's the beauty of those of you who are with me before the last couple of years. I'm not a Johnny come lately. Like, oh, I want DeSantis. So I'm just going to dig up dirt on Trump. Oh, Trump, you know, is bad on this issue, that issue. We lived this. I did shows and columns on that at the time. I cared about it at the time. Something interesting when you care about the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. I have thousands of columns written on these issues. And some of us have a memory and don't suffer from political amnesia from three minutes ago. Like, give me a break.
There's just complete vanity. And then also he's trying to say, oh, no, no. Really, DeSantis also, you know, went along to some extent with some sort of COVID restrictions those first few weeks. Like, yeah, reluctantly at your pressuring, but the issue is where you freaking are now and that last two years and and headed into the future. And you're with Big Pharma, but that's what he does. It's just ridiculous. Now, some of the things he's going to do also is focus on things that were consensus among all Republicans in the past where Trump wasn't around. He wasn't in Congress and he was a Democrat. So like, for example, he's going to say, yeah, yeah, you voted to limit, you know, you know, raise the retirement age of social security. And mind you, there was never such a vote standalone. It was part of a budget. And the only people who opposed those budgets were the rhinos. So it's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of like you could go back in time to anyone who was in Congress for the last 20 years. Oh, you supported the Iraq war. And we all know the Iraq war was a colossal failure. It was a lost decade, what we did with that. But at the end of the day, at the time, that was the consensus among Republicans. The only ones who opposed it were rhinos, especially if you were elected. Maybe you had a few voices on the outside, but, but not on the inside, really. So it's just invalid to bring that up if someone's been fighting good on an issue now, um, you know, just because they have that paper trail. It's just stupid. But no, but that's what it's going to be to ignore what the two of them are advocating for and doing right now and focus on yesteryear. Where people don't understand it. Oh, you know. You know, you, 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 you're like Paul Ryan. What are you talking about? He fought Ryan when he was in Congress. Every one of these people that we tried to get rid of, Trump stopped us. Like, like people forget this. People forget this. Part of this new populism is like, oh, we're all for the people. Yes, we're for the people in the sense that we don't want special treatment for corporations that are create monopolies to violate our rights. But we're not saying that, like, like there's this talking point. Oh, we have money for illegals in Ukraine, but we should help these, like, we whatever. It's a valid talking point, but we don't want to just spread welfare. Like, you know, th there's this agenda to do to white working class people what the Democrats did with blacks. It's a valid point that a lot of our policies have shafted the white working class. That is a very valid point. Point. And I, I've been pointing that out for years. But the solution is not just to adopt the New Deal mentality. Um, and so, like, the thing with Trump is, Trump is like, oh, Obamacare is terrible. But if you remember, he defined Obamacare as the funding, funding mechanism of it, which is the tax increases and the individual mandate not the Medicaid expansion and the, and the scope of coverage mandates that made insurance actuarially insolvent. That needs to be repealed in order to open up the insurance market so we could eventually open up health care itself and make it not so dependent on insurance and tethered to it. But without that, we're screwed with medical freedom. Trump's going to be like, oh, you're going to leave people without health care and all that liberal nonsense. But people forget, 
Paul, everyone thinks, oh, Daniel, that's like the corporate, you know, elitist fiscal conservative thing. We're populist. Dude, I hate to inform you, Paul Ryan was the one who wrote the Obamacare fake repeal bills that left that in place. It was people like Mark Meadows and ironically, original, originally Jim Jordan, Dave Bratt and Ron DeSantis who opposed it. And if you remember, Trump originally threatened to primary Mark Meadows, eventually he became friends with him and then eventually he became his chief of staff. But that's the irony of it. He sided with Paul Ryan over the Freedom Caucus. Numerous times, by the way. But then some of those guys just glummed onto him as an end to itself. So what people need to realize is what about DeSantis did he do as governor and what he's advocating and where he's headed are you opposed to, juxtaposed to what Trump stands for right now and did as president? That's what the comparison needs to be. They're going to try to erase, like, what what Trump's goal is with DeSantis and, uh, you know, he went to Axios and, Daniel, that's the liberal media. Don't trust them. Yeah, except Trump's people leak to them and talk to them. Unlike DeSantis, where he has discipline and they, they, they literally lock out the liberal media. So they have this whole strategy that what I, kind of like what I experienced in primaries, what would typically happen is you would have a uh, establishment guy. He has full name ID and you have a newcomer. So the thing about a newcomer versus uh, a guy with full name ID is that you might have people love you, hate you, but you're, you're a known quantity. So it's hard to dramatically, in a volatile way, reshape your image. Like, to come out with something about you that's bad because, you know, everyone knows who you are. Whereas if you have a new guy, oh, who is this new guy? So what they would try to do is define the guy before he could define himself. It's an old tactic. McConnell did this very well when, when we challenged him in a primary. And he would try to paint our guy as the liberal. That was that was their tactic. Because you don't know much about him, so you could try to, oh, you once had a guy who said something nice about you who wasn't such a conservative. And meanwhile, your entire policy team, your policies, your personnel, everyone you pal around with is a rhino. But... You know, that, that's the kind of game. Like, Jeb Bush said something nice about you. You know, he's, you know, he's a former governor of, 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 of Florida. And, and meanwhile, like, Trump's literally palling around with Lindsey Graham, all these guys that are screwing up some policy now. But that's one of the things he's going to do. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, all these backhanded ways of trying to say, man, I don't know, Daniel. Why is he getting all this money? Must be these donors. That's only okay if you have no track records, you have nothing to go on. But dude, look at what he freaking does every day and what he's done. You know, and, and he actually directly talked about it. He's like, yeah, I, I raise more money than anyone else now. I crush the corporations and they come crawling back to me. Like, that's what w uh, victory is. If you want a guy, again, I want, what I would like to see is someone run as an independent, break the two-party system and have national divorce. But if your Super Bowl, your ultimate tour de force in politics is running for president, which the Trump people, that's what it is. Well, I mean, it's not going to be a, a Louis Gohmert who can't get money that's going to that's gonna succeed in that. It's going to be a guy who's good at doing that. So he has been the first person to show how he can do that, 
not just not sacrificing it, but directly leaning in against the corporations. Never forget that he ran against Big Sugar in the Florida gubernatorial primary, which looms very large in Florida. Uh, Roger Stone was the paid hatchet man for Big Sugar, and he's one of Trump's hatchet men going after him. But um, that's that's this thing now. We are for being based in reality, doing the right thing in the way it matters. But not this just fake populism. Fake populism. Because you know what happens with fake populism? It comes full circle, and it winds up being oligarchical. Our founders understood that, see, you can say, I don't want a king. Oh, so just let the people decide. Yeah, but if you have a pure democracy, it comes back full circle, and the oligarch that manipulates it gets it done. So it's the same thing here. You know, I'm all for going after corporations when it's the right thing to do. But I'm not for just saying, oh, you know, I feel people are shafted, so I'm just going to create massive bureaucracy and regulation and subsidies to, you know, help these people out. No, I mean, that's that's going to land in the same place. You're going to empower those very same forces. It's kind of similar to my idea with um, changing popular primaries to representative conventions. If you would pull popular sentiment... Even among Republican voters, you have a poll. Should we have a popular primary or a representative convention? Overwhelmingly, they say, no, let the people decide. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose my vote. You know, I, I want to you know, let the people decide. Yeah, well, letting the people decide is letting the establishment oligarch decide because they have the money to buy the votes. You have to have a middle ground. Populism is appropriate, but it has to be tempered with reality. It's a mixture. So that's that's what we need. I just don't like this growing movement of like we're just like populist as an end to itself. That's not what it's about. Not by a long shot. So anyway, here we are, the end of the week. There is so much more to talk about, so many civilization issues. Again, in half the states that really cover most issues except for the things that are exclusively foreign policy in nature you could totally get everything you want in those states oh yeah but daniel we can't because they're republicans or dirtbags oh okay that's a different story but don't tell me it's because oh we don't have a republican in the white house oh the media no you could do what you want there Okay, I, I can guarantee you the Democrats will never take power in Wyoming. Not through their party. They do take power and they actually are in control through the Republican Party. But the point is, if you would actually do what's right. I mean, you look at all these these issues we have. Um, you know, illegal immigration, classic. We thought that we'd only be playing offense Republicans, just like on energy, we thought that became consensus. It's a consensus talk about, look at the border. Oh, he's stopping drilling. We all agree, so let's do something. Instead, they do the opposite, right? They, they push the green energy. They push the global warming. Same thing on illegal immigration. Not only are they not instituting you know, a ban on employment and bennies, in Oklahoma and Idaho, they have bills to give them 
driver's licenses. Idaho SB 1081. Passed out of committee. Now, I'm told it should die on the Senate floor, but I'm worried more about the Oklahoma bill. SB 669, if you're in Oklahoma, that's headed to both floors, House and Senate. The governor, Kevin Stitt, the Oklahoma governor, so it had ties into the Mexican consulate. The, he wants to get a Mexican consulate in Oklahoma City, and I think they're lobbying for driver's licenses for illegals. So, hey, he's all into it. That's totally fine. How in the world does that happen? It happens because we have a Jim Jordan wind-up toy Teletubby movement. And that's got to change. And we're gradually changing and we have some good people trying to do this but folks this is the fundamental difference between people I know that are more favorably disposed to DeSantis versus Trump the the ones that are favorably disposed to DeSantis are like oh my god anything you do I'll kiss your rear end and you just need to be present they're not doing it it's like more like it's a vision of what he represents and did and wants to do is what we should be fighting for everywhere. And really, if we did it, then whether he ultimately becomes president or not would, would be irrelevant. Whereas with them, it's all about the, the, the game. It's all about the game itself. It's all about the institution of politics. And certainly the man. And by the way, just one thing I have to get off my chest. I'm sick of this bull. Um... So, so the only thing they could point to, his only weak spot is that he's not hated by everyone. He's hated by most of the Republican governors, by the way, and senators. It's not like you find them endorsing him in droves. The only one who was kind of preemptively endorsed is like Chip Roy and Tom Massey. But, um, but oh, you know, Fox News is giving him coverage. I'm old enough to remember I don't think, I mean, I, and I know a lot of you guys remember this. When it was Cruz versus Trump, it was the coverage for those months in 2016 was horrendous. Donald Trump is a creation of Fox News. And it wasn't even just Fox, you know, Republican media. It was, I'll never forget, you could go back and look at this, Joe Scarborough. He would have Trump on to make fun out of Cruz. It was literally like the way they have the D versus the R in a general election. That's how it was with Trump and Cruz. And I'm not saying like in retrospect, I'm all IAI with Cruz, you know, it's kind of been a disappointment in a lot of things. But um, but the point is that they were all in the tank for him. So, you know, at the end of the day, I told you, if you want to make sense of it, there's people that love the corporate America more than they would rather win an election. And then there are soulless Republicans that they might not care about destroying America, but they just want to win. They want Republicans to win. So a, a lot of people, you do have a little bit of the Reagan 84 dynamic playing out. And again, I'm not saying that DeSantis would win 49 states. He wouldn't win anything close to that. No, no one would in, in this era, but they are impressed that he freaking won Florida by 20 points. So, and, and the demographics and areas that he won, I mean, if, if your big thing is national Republican presidential politics, well, I mean, literally, as every Republican's losing those very demos we need to win a national election, he's winning them. 
So yes, that is something that donors, Republican donors, are going to be very favorably disposed towards. Um, that does play with them. I'm saying, why is that a bad thing? For me, unless your position is that you want to destroy the Republican Party completely and run as an Indian, that's my position, but that's not their position, so it's kind of a stupid thing. And, and like, somehow they say it's the Koch brothers. Like, I think because the Club for Growth doesn't like, I think that's why he's calling it that, the Club for Growth doesn't like Trump, but the Club for Growth likes DeSantis. But it's like, what would you rather, the Club for Growth or, or you know, the jailbreak institutions. Do you know the head of Trump's, to this day, not just his big domestic policy advisor in the White House, but his think tank, the America First think tank, whatever that is, is Brooke Rollins. She was the original open borders and pro-criminal person and got Trump, worked with Jared Kushner on those issues. She runs his think tank. She is. She was from Texas Public Policy Foundation. She was the original cokehead that got him to support more jailbreak. Than, it's just so weird. Just so bizarre. So bizarre. The people around him forging the policies are, are, are wingers. They're like you and me. He's not palling around with Jeb Bush the way Trump's palling around with Lindsey Graham to the point where Lindsey Graham controls his endorsements and is screwing a lot of our candidates for Congress and governor, by the way. I'm sorry. People need to hear this. Man, I, I spent too much time on the presidential stuff, but but I had to get that off my chest. Just one more thing before the week ends. I just want to close out so you understand what our fight is. There's an article in the Epic Times, Fate of the Pfizer Whistleblower Case to be Decided by Federal Judge in Texas. Um, we talk about this lawsuit. One of our witnesses is Brooke Jackson, who's that trial site coordinator in Texas, who found that Pfizer, it's not just that they like fudge data, but the entire premise of the trial was built on fraud. And... Uh, so they had a hearing on the motion to dismiss in the, the federal court in Texas, and the judge says he's going to decide. But it's interesting, the Epic Times has a little bit of a write-up on what happened during the hearing. The judge, the judge asked whether the FDA's decision not to pursue the issue impacted the claim's validity, meaning, meaning the judge was saying that, saying to Brooke Jackson's lawyer, like, hey, you know, how do you go after Pfizer for fraud? Well, if they defrauded someone, it's the FDA and, and the feds, and the feds aren't siding with you, right? So the lawyer said there could be many reasons why the FDA may have decided not to get involved, including political ones. So the judge asked Trunkhill, so if the FDA gets it wrong, they just get it wrong and we live with it? He, so this he asked of the Pfizer attorney. And by the way, notice the they're allowing Pfizer to do their dirty work while the FDA sits in the back. DOJ sits in the back there in the hearing, but they're not participating. So he asked the lawyer, so if the FDA gets it wrong, they should just get it wrong and we live with it? Exactly, said Pfizer attorney Carlton Wessel, adding that if the government doesn't think it's been defrauded, that should be the end of the case. Do you understand the Fourth Reich? That they could openly partner with the development of a poison that killed people beyond belief Birth rates, death rates, boom, 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 every organ system. Fund it, market it, distribute it, absolve it of liability, participate in the royalties, 
mandated upon your body. And we can't, and, and they can openly say, yeah, there's fraud. But so what? The government that partner with us to mandate and absolve liability, they're not bothered by the fraud. They literally admitted it. You know, their case is that we defrauded the FDA, but they agreed to get defrauded. But the problem is, it's not the FDA that's getting killed. It's the American people of the globe. The, defraud, the fraud is the genocide. That is the sort of system we are dealing with. Burn it to the ground. Purchase your copy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, for everyone you know. Adopt a member of Congress. Get it in your libraries. Sign up for one of our teams uh, at uh, um, conaction.network. I almost forgot it there. I'm losing my mind. Conaction.network. Sign up for one of our teams. Folks, we're making progress. We got to do better. We are actually focused on where the civilizational fault lines are. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend. Till Monday, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.